kids these days. Always texting while we're trying to record a podcast. I need some mental break. Yeah, that's fair. You gonna tell the lovely people how our day's gone? We literally just got back to campus, parked, walked in the building, sat down, and now we're recording a podcast. But we just got back from our physics GRE. Yay. It's over. It happened today. I don't, I still, I just don't know. <laughs> we rolled into Poughkeepsie last night. <laughs> Slept in a very odd Airbnb. Rolled out, took that exam, and I got some empanadas. <laughs> nice. That was a pretty good mocha. Yeah, your, your coffee was, it was good. Really good. I got really good tea. Yeah. I needed it too. I was so tired. We went into that test with zero caffeine in our bodies, which probably was a good idea. And hardly any food either. Hardly any food. We both eat little roll. Yeah, we'd both eaten a single hunk of bread that I had left over from the day before. Although I really wouldn't have been able to actually stomach a meal yeah, before that. Probably not. Hmm. <clears throat> How was your physics GRE experience, Matt? It was honestly not a very satisfying conclusion. Yeah. Because there was so much buildup and so many months of preparation and so much anxiety of a terrible test coming, blah, 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 blah. And it was a parody bad test, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think the challenging thing about it is that it's not designed for you to get the answers right. Yeah. Like a perfect score on the physics GRE is getting about 84% of the questions, 84, 85%. Yeah, because between like 82 to 85 and 100%, there's no difference. Yeah. Which... (laughs) Whatever. I mean, (laughs) good for us. Good for us because we're not going to get 100% of the questions right because it's designed for no one to. Has anyone ever gotten like literally every single question on the physics GRE? GRE right? I hope not because I, I feel like not. if anyone ever did they would take that one occurrence and be like oh yeah this is working mm. because I was thinking to myself I don't remember if it was when I handed it in or when I first got it and I was like I wonder if they've actually ever had someone sit down and test it <laughs> and decide whether or not this is a good test format <laughs> it's not <laughs> Yeah, like, I wonder if one person looked over this and thought, should we have to be testing physics like this? And I really wasn't expecting to have it in the same room as all these other subject tests going on at the same time. Oh, yeah. That kind of threw me off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, there's there's a kid behind me the whole time taking, he was taking the English literature exam, but he was also, like, actively having a panic attack for pretty much the entire test. So it was just a lot of, like, sniffles and grunts of frustration and, like like sniff more sniffles like the entire test the kid next to me was doing the math one Mm -hmm. and he was scribbling like i've never heard before yeah the well the the person next to me uh was taking the psychology one and for some reason the psych one apparently is like super fast because she got up and left after when there was still an hour left of the test so many in my room did that too and i was like what yeah and like you forget that they're not taking the same test and so i saw her get up and i'm like what (laughs) i did i just like fail and i'm like the slowest physicist on the planet and i'm like terrible but no she's taking the psych test i wonder what's on the english literature one yeah i don't know there was quite a few of them in my room. Like, 
That, I had one. One thing I thought was interesting was seeing like the distribution of tests because also like obviously the GRE subject tests are for like generally all of the major subjects, but in our room mostly physics and psych and then some math and like three or so English literature and that's it. No I, bio. I had I, no I had chem. one bio. I had one bio, one chem, one English literature, mm-hmm. and then it was like split in thirds between psych math and physics yeah it's it was interesting which i guess goes to show which which fields require it because physics definitely requires it and i suppose that psych and math do as well but man that sure was a test we took it's just i'm like i'm exhausted It, it, it literally just hit me now like I could feel my brain just kind of <sighs> yeah stopping for a second. It's just gone. It I needs, need it needs a break. Yeah, I think especially because that test is designed for you to not do perfectly. Like no matter what, you know you got like at least twenty questions wrong, which feels so monumental. Especially because, like, physics exams normally, like, for your courses... Are three questions. Are three questions and, like, all based on partial credit. So knowing you got, like, a third of the test wrong... Uh, it's frightening. It's horrifying. So, like, no matter... Even if you got a perfect score, you could leave that test feeling like you did shitty. Because you only remember the ones you get wrong and it's designed to make you get at least, like, 20 of them wrong. Yeah. And one thing I hadn't considered, I forgot how annoying it is to bubble in your name on a Scantron. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was annoying because they were not circles. They were ovals Yeah. on the name. And so, I'm, like, it doesn't work with my normal bubbling motion. Yeah. I always go around the circle and then I shade it. <laughs> but you can't do that. Really? Yeah. I start, like, you know, on one edge and, like, just build the circle bigger and bigger. We're different people. I suppose. <laughs> there's two types of people in this world. <laughs> I say there's more than two ways to fill in a Scandron bubble. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and the transition to using a wooden pencil for the first time in four years, pretty easy. <laughs> it's like it's like riding a bike. Yeah, you never Using forget. a wooden number two pencil. Oh, my God. You know, those, like, and it's also, it's on a college campus, right, and not in a high school, so the desk is minuscule. Oh, yeah. So it's a tiny, tiny desk, and you have this two-page like open booklet as well as a scantron to fill out. So I was like flipping pages back and forth so often, and there's no room for anything else on your desk. Mm-hmm. So like, twenty minutes in, I lose a pencil to the floor; it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, probably an hour after that, I lose my second pencil. I've only got the one left in my hand, and then I lose my pencil sharpener <laughs> to the ground as oh well. Oh my god! <laughs> just like you just keep dropping them yeah because you like because they were sitting on the very edge of my desk in order for me to like have the booklet fully open i had a luxury oh yeah this pocket oh you kept them i I had a hoodie pocket i thought i might get yelled at if i reached into my pocket i mean i only used one pencil the whole time so it wasn't an issue oh man yeah i went in with three pencils i managed to regain one after they collected the answer sheet because it fell near me but the other one like flew like two rows over <laughs> rolled on the floor and i'm I'm like, just not worth getting i'm not gonna get back it's not worth it so we've lost a pencil today rest in peace we've lost a lot more today than a pencil. <laughs> <I think. laughs> our self-respect yeah our confidence 
I wonder if we have any Vassar students in the audience. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's one thing we learned today for sure is that Vassar is beautiful and Stony Brook is one of the ugliest campuses on the planet. I used to cut Stony Brook a lot of slack. Because mm -hmm. there's parts of it that look kind of nice. Yeah. But as I just see more other campuses. Oh, yeah. No. There's so many, like, especially private schools, like, there's no part of that campus that isn't beautiful. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. None of it is ugly. Versus Stony Brook, where most of it is ugly and there are a few gems and you just hope no one else finds out about them. Like, sh shameless plug for the, the rock garden in the Wong Center that no one seems to know about, but, like, five people. It's nice. Did you just rub your nose on the mic again? Stop it! I can hear it! Can you? Yeah! Wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite loud, actually. I actually, I've done that a lot. I usually, like, rest my nose here. Don't rest your nose on the microphone! That's terrible! I was gonna say. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know about it, Rock Garden. Yeah. Good. I wonder what, like, the private school equivalent is of Stony Brook's old compsi building. I bet, I mean, like, I know every campus has its worst building. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're losing it, folks. We're out, of, we're out of it. It won't be the most professional podcasting today. Not our usual high-quality, radio-ready podcast. Although I have a great title. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll tell you later. Oh. Because it's more easily explained through text can't really say it with the effect okay. of what it is. Okay. I will text it to you, actually, before I forget. <laughs> oh, man. And I think traveling for a test is also really hard. Yeah, I've never had to done... Never... I've never had to done that before. <laughs> never did I done do that. <laughs> that sounds like my before. dear PSAs. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But yeah, I I mean, I used to, because in high school I was remote, so usually I had to drive like at least like 40 minutes for mm. a test, sometimes a little further. And, but this was far more than that. We, we traveled three hours, mm -hmm. three and a half when we hit traffic. Yeah. So been in a car for a, much of the past 24 hours, a quarter of the past 24 hours, at least. We've been in a car. Yeah. What about the last 12 and hours? And an eighth of it we have spent taking the GRE. So a breakdown of our past 12 hours. Is it? Because we left at like we left seven, at like six. 6.37. Yeah. So about half has been in a car. A fourth has been the GRE. Wait, no. Half has not been in a car. Yeah. Because it's almost, it's almost five now, and we just got back. So if you want to include all of our drives, you have to make it 24 hours. So then it would be... No? A, yeah. Oh, I... <laughs> perfect example of my brain not working. It's just gone. I'm like, 12 hours ago, yeah, that was... That was five yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> no, <sighs> so in the past 24 hours, you spent a quarter of it driving... A quarter of it sleeping, if not less than a quarter for me, for sure. And then an eighth of it taking the GRE. And then the rest of it either reviewing or eating. 
No, we only spent like an hour eating. Yeah, we didn't spend that long. I'm surprised we're back as early as we are. Me too. I'm glad, though. I'm glad. I'm going to sleep so well tonight. Oh, my God. I'm so yeah. ready. Our uh, our Airbnb didn't have the comfiest bed situation. For sure. <laughs> Not to say anything bad about our host, because it was a nice house. Mr. Lettuce was fantastic. But he could have had... He could have put some more effort into the accommodations. Like, just like two more pillows? Yeah. Or just another blanket. Or one blanket, yeah. I was so cold. I don't know if you were cold. I wasn't cold because I swept with my sweater on. Yeah, I I regretted taking off my sweatshirt. And I had to, like, halfway through the night, I put on socks. Mm-hmm. But it was a chilly, a chilly night mm-hmm. on a firm, firm mattress. Although, the autumn day that we woke up to... It was beautiful, so beautiful. Gorgeous. Thank God it wasn't a shitty day out today. Because I don't know oh, if I could deal been with so that. Depressing. If we also had to drive like in the rain or something. See, I don't mind driving in the rain because that's kind of peaceful. Eh. I just love the pitter patter. Yeah. But like heavy rain. Hmm. That would have been rough. Through the city? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big downside. Anti shout out to Long Island. For being an island the that you can goat. only access through New York City. <laughs> oh. Drives me nuts. There's never a good time when the sun is up. No. And it's not like a Saturday night. Saturday nights are a good time to drive through the city. Yeah. Our that's, traffic wasn't bad on the way back today, though. It, yeah. It wasn't that bad. By by city standards, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Long Island, getting on there was pretty bad, though. I mean, it's always bad. Getting off the throg's neck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot worse, bad. but it was still bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Fascinating content for everyone. Yeah. The traffic from Poughkeepsie to Stony Brook. Big tip to all those looking at colleges and like considering where to apply and where to go. One thing you never think about is the driving situation there. Yeah. That's something I definitely think about. Think about where you can about. minimize traffic. Yeah. Like if I had thought a little more, I mean, it wouldn't have kept me from coming to Stony Brook. Yeah, but but the commute back home always necessitates going through New York City, and like it's either like the best you can do is go at like a weird enough time that you can go cross Bronx Expressway and just get right out of there, but the worst it can like actually be terrible if you try and go George Washington, terrible. It's, like, so stressful, and it's, like, never a fun thing. Like, going to school should be fun, you know? Yeah, because yeah, my drive home is eight hours. Mm-hmm. I used to exclusively leave at 4 a.m., <laughs> but I found a much better option mm-hmm. is if you leave at, like, 7 p.m., Yeah, which are both times that you wouldn't think to start a road trip Yeah, for eight hours. No. You you always worry me whenever you're going home. Like we'll have a final that ends at like eight p.m. and and you'll be oh, like, oh, yeah. time to drive home. The classical mechanics. Yeah, and that I'm wasn't like, really my choice because I got kicked out of my building. Oh, that's true. But we offered to let you stay with us. I know. I just really wanted to be home. Be home. That's fair. But like, yeah, you'll leave at like nine p.m. to go drive for eight hours. But I'm like, you should be sleeping for eight hours. Yeah. And yet. And then I get back mm-hmm. at like six a.m. right when my parents are getting up. Yep. To leave for work. And then I have one little micro sleep on the couch and it ruins me for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll be like up and alert despite the fact of having been awake for the past 24 hours. Mm-hmm. 
but I have like one little instant of micro sleep and then I'm just out You're for done. the rest You're of the day. Shattered. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very thin line. Hmm. Oh, did you um you must have. Did you take the SAT subject tests for yeah. physics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do those compare to the GRE? I honestly don't remember. I can't remember how either. the SAT physics was. I remember. I took it twice. I know I took it twice because I took it once my my junior year and wasn't. I think I got like a six ninety on it because it's out of eight hundred. I remember that much. And then I took it again and I think I got a seven ninety on it. And I was much happier. But I remember not having to study for those too much. Especially the math one. I took math two and got an eight hundred first try. I also took math. Yeah. I'd be. It'd be kind of interesting to take one again. Like <laughs> next podcast, we silently take an SAT. <laughs> no, like if you could find a an old SAT test, mm. like a physics or a math, it'd be kind I of used interesting. I have the books for it. Well, I guess the math might be just kind of what the GRE is thinking about it, because yeah. GRE math is really basic. Yeah. Does SAT math, like the subject test in in math, have calculus on I it? I think so. I can't remember. I literally no, can't I remember think, these I tests. think math two has calculus. Mm. Math one doesn't. And it, but it's like calc one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, can you take a derivative? And the yeah. answer is yes. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> I caught myself nearly making so many like arithmetic errors during this GRE. And I know that's like literally 90% of the time, if I'm getting a question wrong, on the physics GRE, it's either I don't know a fa- like a random fact, or I just mess up the numbers because you're not allowed a calculator on this exam. Do you remember the question where you had a circuit with two batteries, mm-hmm. two resistors, and then one mm-hmm. like? Oh, I think I uh, I tried working that up out and then I messed it up and yeah, I didn't have time. I made an error somewhere mm-hmm. and then I looked at like the equations I had. I noticed I had a twelve. I had a two. And then it had a five that had to be divided somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the only combination of those numbers that was an answer was 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. Mm. Two. I don't even know. Because 10 divided by five is two. Yeah. So that was the answer I chose. <laughs> I don't so even much... remember. Well, yeah, I did I just... a lot of that, though. Yeah. I'm like, what's the only one that kind of works with the numbers I've got? Like, there was one where you had to take, like, a cubic root of, like, 1.96 or some bullshit. I just put 1.96 because I didn't know how any of the other answers would have gotten Yeah, that. I couldn't figure it out either. That was bullshit. Yeah. So, it, it asks you to take a lot of square roots in your head, which is never good. <laughs> yeah. And those I kind of got used to, mm-hmm. with like Pythagorean triples and that. Yeah, usually but a they're... cubic root. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I it shocked me that they asked for a cubic root on on a test with no calculator. And I started computing them out, and I'm like, "There's no time." So I I determined roughly what like range it would be in, and then I just picked one, and I probably got it wrong. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what a great evaluation of our talents <laughs> in physics. Yeah. 100 multiple choice just over a minute per question no calculator exactly how physics is done imagine if instead i like i'm trying to think of what a better system would be to like evaluate students from different schools in physics because you want to make sure that they know how to do it obviously and it's really hard to standardize a test that you can score quickly 
and manage a lot of different tests from that's not multiple choice. That's true. But, like, imagine if it had been, a, like, a test of, like, your research capability where you had to do, like, some computational work. Like, some like write a script for this data analysis and then it checks that it runs and then it gives you the points. That would make me a lot more nervous. Really? Yeah. I'd feel so good about that. Because with those... I like personally when I'm doing them, I take a lot of time to think about them, mm. and, like plan them out where if I had to do that in a testing environment, I would just lose it. Yeah. Or imagine if it was like a rubric and you had to submit like a paper or a research report and then they, they had like a system to evaluate it based on a rubric that evaluated your merit as, as a researcher in physics. That would be interesting. Because then you have some control, like it can have certain stipulations, like it has to have some element of classical mechanics and E&M in it. Although I feel like that could just be mediated by universities and admissions departments if they just like took a writing sample, Yeah. like a research writing sample as part of their admissions process. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true because you only have a personal statement where you talk about your research experience, but you don't talk scientifically about what you've done, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be interesting, though, because I feel like a lot of the reason schools want the GRE is so that they, like, off the cuff, without having to do any work, have a way to compare students. Mm -hmm. Because already, like, the field of qualified physicists is oversaturated for the number of grad school positions that there are. So they just need more metrics. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so many better ways to do it than through a 100-question multiple-choice exam. Or 10% of it is recall of unrelated facts that you may or may not have heard of. Thank God for that gravitational wave question. That's true. That was like a of, wonderful gift. Of all the special topics that could have been on, of yeah. all the discoveries that could have been on. Everyone knows about LIGO ah. in physics. Yeah. Well, we should be more clear because not everyone that listens is a physicist. But hey. one of the like one of the aspects of this exam is like special topics in physics where it will ask you about significant experiments. It will ask you about recent Nobel Prize winners. Like, or like, this experiment proved what? Like, that kind of question. And I get them wrong so consistently mm -hmm. because it's just recall of, like, what the name of a certain effect is. Like, it's wild. But and it's always things that have happened a long time ago before we got into got into knowing physics. about physics yeah it'll be like the 1990 nobel prize and i'm like who no i don't know yeah <laughs> but Whereas, this was nice yeah if you are really just into science You've within the past it. five years like that was a huge news story when it mm -hmm. came out i yeah, remember i was i was sitting at my lunch table in high school i remember when gravitational waves were like announced yeah 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 the the ligo experiment like had experimental evidence for gravitational waves in like 2016 like really recently and it got a nobel prize like right away and everyone knows about it yeah, kip thorne came to stony brook yeah so it was like just so such a blessing <laughs> like within that test where you're so consistently being like i don't know how to do this what the fuck yeah like just having one question that you're like yes i know that to be a hundred percent confident on yeah. an answer is really nice revolutionary it's really nice and there, like i think it's kind of human nature to forget the ones that you're confident on and like hang oh, on yeah. to the ones that you're unsure oh, about yeah. so it feels usually like you do a lot worse than you actually do not in my case seems like i just do shitty kind of <laughs> no matter what 
but it it was it's nice that we, I at least have like a few questions that I know that I got right and I'm like there's probably more and I'm just not remembering them because it's like human nature to hang on to the bad shit and forget the good shit and another bad aspect of the physics theory mm-hmm. is a lot of the times since you don't have a calculator mm-hmm. you're always asked to find what the closest answer is yeah um so there's a lot of questions or at least it's very rare to have a question where the result you end up is exactly an answer mm-hmm. and once you find one of those it's a great feeling oh yeah there were a lot on this test that i got the exact answer and i was like that is an option i feel great mm-hmm. <laughs> But this test also, though, has a lot of built-in tricks and, like, factors of two and negative signs and, like, little numerical things you just have to remember that it can be really easy to forget for a test without a formula sheet or a calculator or the time to rederive equations. Mm-hmm. So, like, normally in physics, it doesn't matter if you remember a factor of two because, like, in, like, the magnetic field of a current-carrying loop of wire... It doesn't matter if you can't remember what it is because you rederive it from first principles. You take Maxwell's equations, you fucking get it. But you don't have time when there's 90 seconds per question to rederive it and remember that there's a factor of 2 pi instead of 4 pi and, or something like that. Like that one's an easy example. But there's loads of situations like that where you just don't have time to work it out from the physics. So you have to just rely on basic recall, which is not a good way or a healthy way to be doing physics because there's too much. Even if they just cut the amount of questions in half mm. and gave you that same time it would be a so much better Metric. evaluator yeah. yeah yeah i don't know who came up with the idea to make it 100 questions in three hours because i was yeah i filled in the bubble of my last question mm-hmm. probably 30 seconds before she called time yeah which is was, something i've never done before i am someone who finishes all tests early yeah you and, always have time to go back and yeah, check over your answers. Yeah, and you don't on this one because there's just so much. And I felt like this year's in particular. Like, I had taken timed versions of past year's physics GREs, and I never had a trouble with timing. But I don't know if it was the nerves of this, like, actually sitting there and taking the real test and knowing that this one counts, or if it's just that this was a bit of a harder one or a longer one. Yeah, I definitely I noticed this one was a lot more you have to derive the answer mm. as opposed to it being immediately obvious from the options. Yeah, there was less like ones. dimensional analysis and limiting yeah. cases, which on the bright side is good for gauging physics knowledge, but bad if you're not given more time to do that. Yeah. Like I'm glad that it's not just like, oh, you can tell this by looking at the units because like Units are a good sanity check after you've done the physics. They're not how you find answers in physics. Mm-hmm. And so, and same with taking limits. Like limits are a way to think about a problem to make it more clear that your answer is correct. It's not a way to determine the correct answer. But the physics theory a lot of times depends on you doing that. And there was the one question where you just had to solve a differential equation. Yeah. I was like, wait. And I think really? I got it wrong. <laughs> no, I got it right. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Like I, I, it was weird because you had to basically just do U sub. Yeah, I did a U sub, like, but then I, wait. what I got didn't actually wasn't an option, so I chose the closest one. But I was like, "This isn't physics. This is just yeah." A it was math just a math question. And the 2017 had that too. It had a question on Fourier transforms. So it's just like, what's, oh yeah, what's true of this Fourier transform for this function? And I'm like, this has nothing to do with physics. It's just a math question. There's no application to it to, to the physics. Makes me upset. 
Like, I guess it's important to check that your student knows how to do a Fourier transform. But, oh, it was so long. Such a long test. Yeah, I feel like the SAT subject test in physics was a lot better. But, like, in terms of testing your knowledge of physics. Because I remember not being too much pressure for time. I remember not really needing to study for it that much. Because it just tested that I knew physics, and I did. And so, I did well. Well, the first time I didn't do well because I hadn't taken enough physics yet mm-hmm. to actually do well. Like, I hadn't taken E&M. <laughs> you need that to take a physics test. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I, yeah, I remember it like not actually being that hard. You can do well without putting in like a bunch of hours of practice because it just tested that you knew these like basic physical principles. And if you did, you got a good score. But the GRE doesn't really do that. I feel like it tests if you studied for the test for a really long time. And even if you did, you could just not get lucky and then do poorly on it. Nod for the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of hard for me mm-hmm. because I'd say about 15% of my communication is head nodding. Yeah. Which doesn't really show up on the podcast. No, not quite. Mm. I'm also just kind of mellowing out right now. Yeah, I'm very, like, the. I think the fact that I'm home, too, Yeah, like, it's really sinking in how just ready for bed I am. <laughs> It's like right here. I know. We're sitting right under my bed. Like, I see it. I it's want it. It's <laughs> tempting. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, but before before my test, I was uh, sitting at my desk, like, waiting for everyone to file in the room and giving myself positive affirmations, which is always a good strategy. It definitely kept me calm for at least the first half of the test. So if you're someone that has trouble with, with anxiety during testing... Uh, you can either look up or make up some positive affirmations for yourself. Like mine are just like, you know, I've prepared really hard for this test and I know what to expect. And I, I've put in many hours of work on this. And so I won't do poorly. Maybe I won't do as well as I wanted to, but that's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And so just like reminding yourself, like I was literally sitting there thinking to myself, like, I'm good at physics. I've tried really hard and it's paid off. Like, like literally just like short little positive sentences like that. And it's like a weird thing to get in the habit of doing, but it really helps, when, especially when you have like with this, it was our last shot to do it if we want to go to grad school next year. And so it's literally like, this is it. And so it's really easy to spiral. And I'm so annoyed we forgot to select our score recipients. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know about that. Honestly. I didn't know about that. So... Pro tip to anyone who will be taking the GRE in the future, the the subject ones, is that you need to select, because it's not a computer test, like the general GRE, you have to select who you want to send your scores to for free the night before. And we had planned on doing that, but we didn't realize it cuts off at 10 p.m., not midnight. And so... We rolled into our A or B and B and like yeah. sat down to do it. Yeah. Like the time it was 10.05. 10.05. And that's literally going to cost us like $120. Yeah. That's probably the biggest ripoff of ETS. Is that you have to spend money to send your scores places. Same for SATs. It's a bad system. Turns it's, out. It's American bad. education. I know. It's full of monopolies and it's really, really good at exploiting students. Yay. 
shameless plug for what like pearson ets for avoiding the... college oh my god everyone who went to trade school good on you yeah but we're doing okay it'll be fine i i have a wonderful council of women who will help me pay for it you don't i'm sorry rip but yeah it's probably if you apply for for 10 schools even if you use the four free score distributions that's still 240 dollars to send the rest of your scores mm -hmm. and it's 400 dollars to send all of them if you're like us and forgot and want to apply to 10 schools so just to send your scores without the application fees yeah which is going to be another like like a thousand bucks because i really was planning on sending my scores to all my schools mm -hmm. but no i probably won't do that yeah I'll send it to, I think, two. That require it? At least two require it. Mm hmm So, I don't know. Like, on the bright side, if it's a terrible score, like, our scores won't be automatically sent. Yeah, that is true. To schools where it's optional. But for me, like, pretty much none of them are optional. So, it's going to be a lot of money. And I would like to know it before I send it. Yeah. But that's cutting it close. It's cutting it very close. Because it takes close. five weeks to get your score back. I think they might be back a little sooner. I would hope so. Cause I I think we like what did our what did our writing one say like th three to five weeks also for for the general one. Didn't it also say it, it would was be two to three? I two believe to, two to three weeks, but we got it sooner than that. We got it in like a week. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think three to five weeks is just like so that you plan ahead. If you have something due in three weeks, don't take it. Maybe. And wait for like assume you'll get your scores back in time. And it might just be assuming the worst mm -hmm. um, when it comes to shipping. Shipping all the Because I'm sure they sent it all to like one central grading hub. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that system really works, but I don't really Me give neither. a shit. I just want my score and I want to, I want it to be a nice one. Please. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> yeah. Like, the that fact score that you... will stick with you for the rest of your life. <sighs> no, it won't. Yes, it will. No, it won't. It will. It'll always be your GRE score. No, don't say that to me. No, I will. Like, but okay. it doesn't no, matter it after way. next year. Think of it this way: no matter how poorly your career ends up being, or how like spectacular your career ends up being, it doesn't change your GRE scoring. Yeah, and which is funny because is... you could get a really poor GRE <laughs> and score and have a wonderful and, career. Yeah, yeah. And you could always like you could you could just tell that to your students and be like, yeah, I got a six hundred on the physics GRE, and look at me, I I'm won your three professor. Nobel prizes. <laughs> Yeah. And you'd be like, suck it, ETS. Oh, my God. Like, that's definitely on my list of goals if I ever get to be, like, a, a professor and have any amount of sway with Shut admissions at my school. I'm like, we're not taking the physics jury. It's not valuable. Like, I figure, at least optimistically, it won't be by the time we get to that level. Yeah, I it's, think it's, it's, already it's starting its way to out. decline, but... It's we're we're too we're too old. <laughs> if we were like six years younger, maybe we'd get away with not taking it at we all. Got, we got away with not having Common Core. Yeah, that's true. So there's that. There's that. We got out of one bad education decision. <laughs> uh. How are we doing? <laughs> we're just vibing. Yeah. Oh man. <sighs> Plant update. She looks fine. Yeah. Yeah. Looks, looks like better a with a pencil in there. 
Yeah, Matt stuck a pencil into my plant, thinking I wouldn't notice. And I noticed instantly, because there's a pencil in my plant. (laughs) (sighs) Rude. My other plants are thriving. I'm I'm hoping this new this new setup will help this guy. I think it might be. We'll see. I need to fill up its pebble tray. You know what I just realized? What? That makes me so happy. What? I'm gonna carve a pumpkin tomorrow. Really? What are you gonna carve into it? Okay. So <laughs> do you know Dreamville? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's it's like a record label and then j cole's new thing Mm -hmm. but it's called dreamville and then for some reason or another our friend group we call ourselves brubbies okay so i'm gonna carve brubville into it the text yeah that's gonna be hard and then put it into our common room it's gonna be hard to carve words though no no the only difficult part is if you try to have like the parts in the bees. yeah you gotta do stencil font yeah this is true what kind of carving knife do you have do you get the little kit ben has one yeah i feel like that little serrated like pointy guy is like the literally the only thing i can carve pumpkins with nothing else works as well mm-hmm. and it's not even sharp it's just bumpy mm-hmm I'm like, why does nothing else? Like, I try and do it with, like, a steak knife that I just have in the kitchen, and it doesn't work. But if I do it with one of those little, like, carvy boys that you buy for, like, two bucks at the grocery store, it's perfect. And I think Target purposely took out all, like, the fake little candles Mm -hmm. that they usually sell just so that they'd force you to buy the pumpkin lights. Oh. Which are really crappy lights. You get two for four dollars. Hmm sad it's really sad oh do you need to go to target no okay i mean i'd like to because i'm out of snacks i i need to go get a new candle yeah but i'll drive if you want not today not today okay i also need to go get my license renewed i've been putting that off oh because yeah wait yeah wait your birthday's not yet not yet but, but I right. have the form oh, okay. to go do it. When do you have to do it by? Don't you have until like 40 days after your birthday? Yeah, but I'd like to get it done with. When's your birthday? The 17th. Of November? Mm-hmm. That's so soon. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I don't think I'm allowed to say on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big 21. <laughs> Did I tell you? I think I did. My first time ever getting carded as a 21-year-old. I don't drink, right? So my first time ever getting carded was buying kombucha at Whole Foods. <laughs> because it was like the the kind of kombucha that could potentially be over like 4 or 5%. Yeah. But like not really. It's just vague because it's fermented. So you don't really know the alcohol content. Yeah. So I got carded for booch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the term for it? Yeah, booch. Booch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I used to call my uncle. <laughs> uncle booch? It was butchy. Ooh. Which is close enough to booch. Sure. I don't think I like uncle butchy. <laughs> 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 that doesn't sit right. Why? I don't know. It's weird. 
It is what it is. Sure. My family has a lot of odd names that we call each other. Yeah. And no one seems to know why. <laughs> like we call my grandmother Die Dutch. That's I've never heard that before. Yeah. Is it from anything? No. No? No. Nobody knows. As far as I've asked, nobody knows why or where that came from. That huh. just kind of it I don't know. It's what I've always known, I guess. Like I call my grandma Mama. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of normal. Yeah. There's at least more than one family who does that. Yeah. Die Dutch? I don't know. Die Dutch. <laughs> Interesting. It doesn't come from like your Polish roots or anything? Not not that I know of. Hmm. I think it boils down to one kid not being able to pronounce something mm. and somehow evolved from that. <laughs> but I don't think anybody really knows. Mm. As far as I as far as I can tell. Actually, I'll ask her. I've never asked her before, and I think she'd know best. Probably, if it's what she's called. <laughs> huh. hmm. Really tired. <laughs> Did not sleep the greatest last night. Woke up early to take an awful, awful test. Very, very sleepy. It's been a long week, too, because we also had our, our GRFP application deadlines this week. So we were both doing some last minute editing late at night. Hours before its deadline. Oh my god. And I had to submit it on my phone. I submitted my DRFP, like NSF, like graduate funding application on my phone because I left for the day from my apartment without my laptop and then realized I hadn't submitted it yet and I wouldn't get back to like 4.30, which was cutting it way too close. Yeah. And so I submitted it from my phone and I'm like, this is not how this was supposed to go. I was going to submit it the night before and be all relaxed and like, yes, go be free. Like mm -hmm. set it, set it free into the world and, and like come to terms with the fact that it's over. But instead I was just like running to a meeting being like, fuck, <laughs> like <laughs> forgot. Uh, That's just the epitome of things. I know. Like you're, you're always rushing somewhere else mm -hmm. when you have to submit something. Yeah. God. It's the life. What? Nothing. Yeah. I'm just chill. I know. <laughs> like I'm ready so, for bed. I'm so mellow. I don't know. Okay, I noticed also last week we recorded and then I listened back to it and for some reason I think the rate of our interface was fucked up because it recorded everything like a little slow. Like I speeded it up till it sounded normal, but I first started listening to it and we both sounded like drunk. Because it was just a little bit too slow, so both of our voices sounded lower than usual and really, like, dragging on. And That's I'm like, so it was just enough to make it sound wrong. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure we're not that exhausted that we sound this crazy right now. But I think it was just, like, a weird audio glitch that we had. We'll see if this week does the same thing. But it was very odd, for sure. I was going to say something, but now I forgot. That's the mood. I was going to answer some GRE questions, right? And then I forgot. So <laughs> I, I guess we're even. <laughs> so. Hmm. 
I just looked at your title. It's not good. No, it's great. <laughs> okay, maybe it's good. I mean, you could add like a second word to that. Which would take it over the top. But just like, it's great. Yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> One word makes all the difference. The most ubiquitous word in the English language. Is it it? I thought it was the. There, there, there are two forms of the same meaning. Um, I'm looking it up now. Most common. Well, not most common. English. Most universal. That is most common. No, because it's different. How are they different? Like the ubiquitous most... means occurring everywhere. The most common word would be the most used, but I'm yeah. going more for like the most applicable in any scenario. Oh, okay. Well, the most common word is the. Yeah. Second is of. Three is and. Four is a. Five is two. Are we surprised? Shout out to English for not having gendered nouns. Oh, because those really just nice. are stupid. It's yeah, it's frustrating and it makes it a little bit easier to be in a safe space as yeah. an English speaker. Yeah. Chinese also. Oh. Chinese and Korean. Nice. Chinese uh phonetically uh like uh him her and it are all the same phonetically. You write them a little differently, but they're all the same out loud, so you can't tell when someone's speaking. Yeah, you took a couple years of Chinese. Yep. Forgot about that. Me too. What's your favorite Chinese character? My favorite character to write? Did you do Mandarin? Yeah. yeah. And I learned simplified characters. Mm. Not traditional. Hmm. I like the one for snow. It's a podcast. No one's going to know what it looks like. I'm going to look it up. But I'm curious. I like that one. Huh. Wait, let me, is... let me see so I know that I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That I like nice. it. It's very boxy, you know? How did you learn these? How are they taught? Is it... It's actually really nice. Uh, this is a, a shameless plug for Chinese classes, uh, especially when you're taking physics, because Chinese was my easy A freshman year, which is crazy that like Chinese is seen as like such a hard language but so much of Chinese is just putting in time and repeating it over and over and over again because the alphabet isn't phonetic and the best way to learn a language is by doing it over and over and over again mm -hmm. like that's how you learn through experience right yeah so the fact that there's no really other way to learn Chinese other than like especially the writing than writing it over and over and over again really forces you to learn it well yeah. I think. And especially when I was like taking intro physics, I was using like the critical thinking part of my brain so much that having time aside my day where I was just writing like really kind of beautiful Chinese characters over and over and over again was actually really therapeutic. And like, obviously, it is hard to remember all the characters and I've forgotten most of them. <laughs> 
if not all of them, um, that I've learned. Because you're supposed to learn about 500 every semester. So theoretically, I know about a thousand, a little more Chinese characters, but I don't actually. I could probably write down maybe like seven. Well, that's just because you probably, at least I'm assuming you haven't tried yeah, to I haven't, use them. Yeah, I haven't practiced because once I finished like my language requirement, it became unfeasible to continue with like physics and music and Chinese. Yeah. In the US the US is notoriously bad for having bilingual people. Yeah. But I think it's just generally harder in America to learn different languages because so much of the learning process is actually being able to use the language. Yeah. And that's just impossible in the United it's, States unless places, you're yeah. either already in a community where that language is spoken mm-hmm. or it's Spanish. Yeah. And I think because a a, a big thing in American cities, even if you live in a city with, like, a very diverse population, the way our our city planning is done and our housing is designed, like, encourages grouping by, not only by class, but by, like, ethnicity. So that's why you have, like, Chinatown and in Flushing and different, like, little kind of sub-neighborhoods of different, different cultural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so... It's hard when you're outside of that to get exposure to a language. Mm-hmm. Like, but that being said, also also a big problem with like learning a language in America is that you don't start learning a language until you're already like 13. Yeah. Which is not well when, you, when you learn when... languages. Like, if you truly want your child to be bilingual, you start from like day one. Yeah. And so that like it's hard. It gets, it gets harder and harder to learn languages as you go on. And for me, so like I've studied in the past, I've I studied Latin in high school, and I tried to self-teach myself uh, like Irish Gaelic because of my like my culture and things, and then I also self-taught myself uh, like some Spanish, French, Korean, and then I took Chinese in college, and I'm not good at any of them. Obviously, I feel like very much not bilingual at all. I'm. Not at all. But what, one thing I noticed, first off, Latin was great for me because it was a language that is not spoken. <laughs> so having an accent correct or pronouncing things correctly was not our concern. And so it was more of a kind of like la- doing translations in Latin feels like solving puzzles because you're taking all the grammar and putting it together and reconstructing it in a way that makes sense, which is really fun. Um and then when I tried to learn, like, French or Spanish, at that point I had no experience speaking in any language other than English at all. And so I'd look, and I, I didn't have formal training in a classroom setting where I'm, like, forced to say things out loud. So I would, like, look at the words, and they're in the Roman alphabet, so they're, like, in the same alphabet I'm used to in English, and I have so much trouble saying it without using the American pronunciations. And Mm -hmm. so when I started learning Korean, Korean is a beautiful language to learn because it has an alphabet that's been designed recently, like relative to most languages, a new alphabet that's designed to be able to learn quickly and to be completely phonetic. And it was designed to fix the illiteracy problem in Korea in like, I don't even know what year. But, like, I mean, a couple centuries ago. 
but so it's so easy to learn how to read in Korean and it's so beautiful and because it's a different alphabet than English you don't associate the sounds in the same way mm -hmm. so like I had so much less trouble pronouncing things in Korean than I did in like French or Spanish 10 million percent and Chinese is the same way but it doesn't have a phonetic alphabet how much of Korean do you remember not very much at all do you remember any words yeah, but I don't want to say any for the sake of saving myself ridicule. All right. I respect that. But um I I like I had a friend in high school who was who is a linguistics major now and was teaching himself Korean. And he's like, "Hey, I want a language learning partner." And so we spent we probably spent like 6 or 8 months studying Korean and we'd have like very limited conversations with one another. But that was the thing where like we were in a rural town, no one in our town spoke Korean. Like no, not at all. And um we didn't have anyone teaching us. So we had like workbooks that we were working through, so I could probably write in Korean much better than I could speak because that's mostly what I was having practice in um because I had no one to speak to. Uh and like, those that I have been speaking to have been not native speakers either. So, not not very good at it. But that being said, it was, it was, it fit nicer in my brain. Like, the concept, the conceptual understanding of how the language sounds was a lot easier to pick up for me than, than like, Roman languages. Mm -hmm. And Chinese is the same way. And then it, it has the added challenge of a non-phonetic uh, alphabet. Which is, it doesn't have an alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Chinese. I'm really glad that I took it. I wish, like, maybe one day I'll, if I have, like, a single second of free time, yeah. I'll, I'll pick it back up again and, and start learning and actually try and get, like, semi-fluent. But yeah, it really is a beautiful language. Back when I had a DS <laughs> and you, they had, like, the chat rooms or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I never talked to anybody, but I'd go with them just to draw. Like, yeah. you know. You'd like color the whole screen. Yeah, yeah. What was that? PictoChat? Yeah, something yeah. like that. But they had like the a couple sets of Japanese characters. Mm -hmm. Because you know it's a Japanese company. Yeah. But I remember I would spend time just kind of I would type a few out and then I would like draw them. Mm -hmm. And I would just do that because I thought they looked cool. Yeah. And it was kind of therapeutic. It is super therapeutic. But I would do that at like a couple of family parties. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone saw me doing that and was so impressed. <laughs> they're like oh my god like he's he's writing japanese characters <laughs> like <laughs> he must be brilliant you know one thing i was literally just <laughs> copying them one nice thing about uh being at stony brook taking chinese is that like i was the only i think one of two people in any of my chinese classes that was not chinese so most of the people that take Chinese at Stony Brook are Chinese people who want to like be able to speak to their grandparents, you know? And so, or that already know how to speak to their grandparents, but in like Cantonese instead of Mandarin, or like they know how to read, but not write. And they're technically supposed to take a different course, but they want an easy A. So, so they take the regular one. Um, but because I'm not Chinese and I don't have any like previous history of understanding the language at all, like... At first, I thought it would be frustrating because, like, I like if I'm not pushed enough because I'm not expected to be as good as the other people. But what really ended ha up happening, because I'm someone who pushes myself, whether I'm pushed by my professor or not, um, is that I just, like, 
I managed to really impress my professors because they don't expect a white person to speak Chinese well. Mm -hmm. And so if I'd get like my pronunciations really right or like my tones really right, because that's a hard thing for a lot of English speakers to understand is that Chinese is a tonal language. So you can't just say it with any intonation you want. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't work like that. Um, so... And I think coming from a musical background helps in that, that you can hear it really well and you can uh, keep that. I heard one time, this is me just, I'm rambling, but who cares? It's been a long day. Um, that a higher proportion of Chinese, like native Chinese speakers have perfect pitch than speakers of non-tonal languages. That makes a which lot makes of sense. a lot of sense. Because like when I say certain tones in Chinese, they're always the same pitch. And if you know what it is, like... If you if you're already good at hearing those pitches relative to one another, and then you just apply a basic understanding of what notes sound like on a piano to it, like then you're good. You got perfect pitch. Congrats. Because a lot of people have suggested that perfect pitch is something that's trained when you're a kid, and so like I don't have perfect pitch. I might argue I have relative pitch. Like once I know what a C is, I can I can find any other note. Um, but. I don't have perfect pitch because I didn't grow up being taught what notes were and what they sounded like. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't something. But if you're already growing up in that environment, I think a lot of people can learn to have perfect pitch from an early age. Fun fact. But yeah, so so my professors in Chinese really did not expect me to do well. And so when I did, they were so impressed and so happy to like, they asked me to be a TA for Chinese. Oh, and I'm wow. like. I don't think I'd be a good one to to have TAing the Chinese class when like all the other TAs were like actually native Chinese speakers. And she's like, it would be so good to have like a non-native speaker here to support the other non-native speakers. And I'm like, nah. In theory, yes. Yeah. But when it's you, yeah, not so much. No. <laughs> Being an undergraduate TA is just not a very rewarding experience. No. You just become the grading jockey. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Yeah. And then students come to you expecting a lot of detailed explanations when you literally just took the course last semester. Yeah. So you just have the same understanding they do, just with a little bit of hindsight. <laughs> a little bit of hindsight, but also a full semester to forget things. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Water break. <laughs> Hydration station. Uh, oh, yeah. Back to the physics GRE. Oh, my God. Yeah. The one upgrade from the regular GRE mm -hmm. is that actually getting into the test room is not so much of a pat down. Oh, yeah. It's a little less spooky. So they it actually, took forever, though. Yeah. Because one well, thing. Cause there's a lot more people there. Yeah. You know, and one thing is that the general GRE is delivered on the computer, so you can start at literally any time. Can we pause for a second? What's up? I'm getting a phone call. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Is she like native buffalo? Yeah, native buffalo. You can hear it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, what? it's such a buffalo accent. I hear yours quite a bit sometimes on certain things. Mine has been being diluted by Long Island. Oh, when I first went to Texas, I noticed my Long Island accent. Like, I don't really have a Long Island accent. It's pretty neutral. But every once in a while, I'll say something that I'm like, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> so I'll yeah. say it way too Long Island. But 
Yeah, no, like she sounds so from Buffalo. <laughs> I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's like Canadian mixed with New York, so it's the weirdest. Well, that's basically what Buffalo is. Yeah. It's the intersection between New York and Canada. It, I know. So it sounds it's got the like rounded vowel sounds of like don't you know of <laughs> of Canada, but then it's got the like abrasiveness of New York. So it's just a little wild, you know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's a, it's a dying, it's like a dying language, really, <laughs> that I want to cherish and hold on oh, to, yeah. preserve our culture. I was very impressed with myself. I spent like 10 weeks plus in Texas and I didn't get an accent, really. And I didn't notice it coming back. And that was, I was really impressed with myself because it definitely used to be when I was younger. Like anytime I go down to the South, I'd start picking back up like the accent I had as a little, little kid, but not anymore. The, the Northeast has ruined me and <laughs> my Southern roots. All right. We want to wrap up so we can sleep. Sure. Yeah. We don't have any updates this week. No, we're just here to talk. We're here tired. To <laughs> we, we, we took a test. That's the summary of the episode. <laughs> but hopefully next week we'll be back on it with like a guest and a topic. And I mean, we had a topic today, but. Most of the topic is we took a test and we're tired, but we'll actually plan something well, next week. Yeah, we'll try really hard to have a game plan and a guest. But until then, until we'll then, have a nice week, friends. Enjoy it. Yeah. Take some time to go outside, <laughs> enjoy the nice autumn weather before it gets too cold. Catch a few orange leaves. <laughs> catch a few red leaves. See how many. Uh, of each color you can get. <laughs> Send us your tally. Yeah. Of, of orange and red leaves.